Sign up for the nation news at ronandonradio.com. Hey, you guys. What's going on? Welcome to episode 434 now of the Ron and Don Show. And oh, yeah, we are live from the Les Schwab studio. What is up, Ron and Don Nation? Hey, coming up on the Ron and Don Show, let's talk about this. Brad Pitt says that all men will be doing this by next summer. You're not going to believe what he says we're going to be doing. He's been doing it. And I got to say, because it's Brad Pitt, I'm kind of interested. Not totally interested, but I'm a little interested. So I'll tell you what Brad is doing. Also, uh, coming up, uh, Deshaun Watson. A lot of people, any, anytime you turn on ESPN, you just see a picture of Deshaun Watson. That, that they, Every time they tweet something out, or it's Deshaun Watson. If you don't know, he got a huge payday in the NFL and a slap on the wrist as 24 women now have come forward. 23 have settled with him. And said, hey, that guy pulled out his shirt and he was doing some hat. And next thing you know, hat. So, six game suspension. Some people thought, including the NFL, I think, that it was going to be a full year. And initially, the NFL had signaled that they're not going to push back and they're going to let this ruling ride. But now we're hearing that they are pushing back. And Roger Goodell has a very big decision to make coming up here. Because he will be decided. Before we get to that, though, I think we should get to this because this is kind of interesting, you guys. Yeah. Teachers in America, I have to say, and getting to know some of my son's teachers uh, over the years and spending some time in some of his classes, I don't know how, if you're a teacher or you've been a teacher, I don't know how you do that. I just don't. I, I remember going to his kindergarten class. And I would be volunteering for two hours. I would get like, mm, like sixteen minutes in, and just go, "My God, are the, t- the, the I've been here for three hours. It's been a whole day. Uh, time must be up." And I'd only be in like nine minutes, and 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 then I I would just be blown away. I would always see the teacher when I would drop him off, and the teacher was still there. She was still alive. She was still functioning. With all these crazy kindergarten classes, and they're just packed in here on Queen Anne because the Amazon push. So, like in his class, he had like thirty crazy kids. Again, half of them uh, named Aiden, and none of them named Sandy. None of there's no Toms, there's no Dicks, there's no Harrys, there's none of that. And there's certainly no Ron and Dons, even though I think the, those names will become stormy back. Here's what's interesting about this, though, is during the pandemic. There's some teachers that really leaned in, and there's some teachers that leaned out. And in the same way that we saw students walk away around the country and not come back to school, uh, we see when we look at higher learning institutions, numbers are down. And we also see really great teachers, you guys, leaving the teaching profession and not coming back, which blows me away. We have a memorial page for when I uh, went to high school, and I feel like my – and I'm not joking about this – my high school education was better than any college courses I ever took at the University of New Mexico, University of Washington. They just were. 
And I was in an honors program there that really taught me how to write. I under I understood the rhythm of writing, of speaking, uh, and also just doing some mathematical skills. My love for history, ancient history, and also a lot of American history, world history, uh, curiosity. It, it all came from these teachers. And there's one thing that we mourn as the class of 85 is when one of our teachers passes away. And they all, all the great ones, Mr. Dixon, who just recently passed away, he's my science teacher, or Mrs. Hustez, who is my Spanish teacher. That's why I speak Spanish so well. You do. Because Mrs. Hustez, yeah. Uh, do you remember going up and asking her a question? Hey, I love Mrs. Like, I didn't see if she passed away? Yes. That's too sad. I didn't see yeah. that. But she would, you wouldn't know the answer in all this Spanish is multiple choice. And she'd go, is it eh? This would be during a test. Then you go, she'd say, do you think it's bay? And she'd go, no. goes, Mr. Don, do you think it's C? Think about that. Do you think it's C? That's how you made the honor society. And you'd be like, yeah, I think it's C. She goes, I don't know. I don't know. Go sit down. I don't know. So anyway, she would. Uh, she helped us with the answers every once in a while. Yeah, and that got us into. into and anyway, teachers are leaving Iran. They're not coming back, and a lot left during the pandemic, and they're not coming back. It was a. It, if you were in a house and you were watching teachers teach, you could tell the ones that were leaned in and the ones that just had it. And in fact, trying to keep a whole class online at the same time and interested in learning. And being able to to pass state and national exams is very, very difficult. So I give all these teachers a lot of credit. And then what happens, what I didn't know, is when kids go to middle school and they start to get weird and growing pubes and doing all kinds of stuff and they're stinky and they have armpit hair and they're just – the parents stop showing up. They just do. All the same parents that showed up in, in, when their kids are cute and cuddly, they don't show up in middle school. And, and then by the time kids get to high school, they kind of figure themselves out a little bit. They filled in a little bit. They're thinking about their forward thinking, thinking about going to school and where they want to, what, what they want to do after school. Middle school is just a weird thing. And our school right now, even our school, is having a very hard time hanging on to teachers. And what I think they should do is do away with some of the teacher accreditation, go after guys like me. And let me come in and teach a class or few or, or two. I got a lot of things to say, and I should probably be saying it to kids. So, and I'm not even joking about this. There are so many people out there that have had some great success in life. One of my best teachers ever was the vice president of Pepsi. She really was my best marketing teacher at the University of Washington. Her name was Cindy that I ever had. I learned so much from her about marketing because. By day, she was the VP of marketing at Pepsi, and then by night, she was giving away some of those gifts, talents, and abilities by teaching a night class that I was taking at the University of Washington. I think we need to do more of that, and we need to really connect with just all this book learning and desk sitting and on cameras and all that. The way to learn is to get out there and to get your hands on it and do it. And I think there's so many people out there that may not be an accredited teacher, but like for me... I spent a lot of time teaching people about 529 plans. What is a 529 plan? I spent a lot of time doing that. Or 
We spend a lot of time talking about real estate, talking about credit, talking about banking institutions, talking about what a mor- mortgage is, what is leverage, what is good leverage, and what is leverage you want to have nothing to do with? How do you buy down debt? Do you even want debt? Is there good debt? Is there bad? Those types of things. They never talked about that in junior high or high school or even at the college level. There's so many people out there that have these gifts, talents, and ability. No one has ever asked, and I think they've asked you, most of the professors I know that teach broadcasting have never done what I have done in broadcasting. They've never done it. They haven't worked in major markets all over the country. They haven't worked as a sideline reporter uh, and done pre and post game for the Dallas Cowboys and the Oakland Raiders and travel with the team and done major market uh, shows all over the country that now translates into this podcast. I would love to sit with some students and teach them. So nonetheless, I think there's a lot of capable teachers out there. We just start to have, we have to look at teaching differently. And I think we need to start incorporating people that have been out there in the real world. They've done some really cool shit. And now they're going to come back and they're going to share that with us. And and I think you've done this and you've had some well, success I've, I've, doing it. I've taught classes at the University of Washington. or in, in, But so th- there was a, a surprise. There was wait, wait, a... Wait, whoa, 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 whoa. You were about to do a humble brag. Didn't come off as humble at all. So just, just, I'm just letting you know. Did not come off as humble. And then you started going down a road where you're like, am I going to embellish or am I going to tell the truth? So, and then you decided to not embellish. And, and then you went away from the teaching at the University of Washington. I taught some I am guest more class. interested in hearing about that right now than anything else you have All to right. say. I was a guest instructor for the real estate program at the University of Washington. I didn't know that. Yeah, I have a video of it. I'll That's send it awesome. to you. Yeah, so if you want to see it, they, they invited both of us, but you were too busy and you couldn't do it, so I did it. They uh, invited me? Yeah. What? I don't remember. Yeah. You took my teaching time. <laughs> right. You say you want to teach. But did you get paid? There. No, I did not get paid. Huh, I would have done it then. Right. So um, there was something in this this article I talked about, this this national shortage of teachers that you brought up. So the one thing that surprised me that I hadn't thought of, what I thought it was going to be is, one, the low pay for what you have to put into it, and you beautifully described that. Uh, teachers deserve, I think, to get paid a lot more than they get paid right now. To the pandemic, um, I'm, I'm reading uh, Michael Lewis's new book, The Premonition, and schools really are the epicenter of a pandemic uh, with kids in close proximity, and he goes into great depth on why that is. It's really fascinating. If you if you like Michael Lewis, Moneyball, uh, read his new book, The Premonition. So I thought it was those two things. The one that I hadn't thought about, because it doesn't, I don't think, pop up as much in the Pacific Northwest as other parts of the country, is a lot of teachers are done with how much politics is being injected into their job. You can't talk about critical race theory, even though they weren't talking about critical race theory. You can't, you can't teach these books, but you can teach these books. And our curriculum is being changed along political lines as opposed to like actual historical lines, where it's like you're teaching American history, but you can't teach actual American history. You have to teach the approved version of American history. So there's a lot of teachers that are like, if I'm going to make this low of a salary uh, for and have to put up with this kind of BS day in and day out, I'm, I'm out. I, I hadn't considered that 
for large swaths of America where they feel like their job is on the line if they happen to maybe state a real fact about American history, but it's not on the approved list because now critical race theory has been passed in our district. And I'm going to get called in to the board of supervisors because I said an actual fact about American history that I didn't think about. Yeah. And people should really study what critical race theory is and what it's not and, and what, and what people have made it out to be or what it really is, is astounding, you guys, because it's it, it's very, very different than what you see in the media. To Ron's point, though, and I don't think we, if you haven't lived in different parts of the country, you don't get this. You just don't. You do not get it. And I got it loud and clear when we started moving around in our 20s. Uh, and I, I was born in Chicago, but then I spent junior high and, and high school in New Mexico. Incredibly different place than Chicago. Then moved to L.A., first time on the West Coast incredibly different than New Mexico and then all our other stops along the way. And, and what you learn is really beautiful and really tragic. You learn uh, how, for instance, racism, when I lived in Dallas and New Orleans and even in Chicago, is right in front of your face everywhere you go. And white and black people use the N-word like it, it's, it, it's astonishing. And then I remember coming back here and sharing that story on the radio and just saying, hey, at least here in Seattle, we don't have the racism that I experienced in other parts of the country. And I've shared this before. That's when my friend Ed Ewing, who's a black activist here, contacted me. And he was really angry and he laid into me. And he said, hey, I want to introduce you to some of my friends. You need to get in the proximity of what's going on here. And he goes, I would rather have racism right in front of me and people calling me the N-word so I know who they are and I can identify versus when I'm trying to get a job somewhere. I'm trying to help a kid get a job somewhere and I can't because it's stacked against him because of racism, the silent racism, right? So, so it's very regional. It's very regional. It's very different. And even the things that are taught in school books, you have to remember that school books, a lot of times are approved by school boards and sometimes written by people on the school board and who was on the school boards, especially in the deep South. I'm not making this up. This is just the truth. The daughters and sons of the Confederacy, the same people that put up thousands of statues uh, and statues in places that didn't make sense. The Robert E. Lee statue that finally came down to New Orleans. Robert E. Lee wasn't involved in the Battle of New Orleans. He wasn't from New Orleans. Uh, he wasn't partying in New Orleans on Bourbon Street. He didn't hang out with Louis Armstrong and, and, and pull out his trumpet. He did absolutely nothing, nothing in the city of New Orleans. And yet the sons and daughters of the Confederacy who have a little, uh, uh, they have a little theater right down the street. They call it a museum, but it's a theater where they do all these reenactments. They're the ones responsible for putting that statue up. They're also responsible for writing a lot of the textbooks and a lot of the history that kids learn in New Orleans. And a lot of these are black kids Learning about why is Robert E. Why is there a statue at Beauregard? Why are there statues here of people that didn't even live in this city, right? And so, again, I totally get Ron's point. To step in, and, and even some of the stuff that I just shared with you, I would get kicked out of a Southern classroom going, the sons and daughters of the Confederacy didn't do that, and they didn't write those things. And even if they did write those things, they were, so, so, yeah, there, there's a lot of live bullets uh, that are aimed at teachers right now, for sure. So anyway, don't go anywhere. We'll see you in 60 seconds.
Laura Miller is one of the leading commercial real estate brokers around the Sound. You see her name everywhere. But when she needed to sell her own home in West Seattle, she turned to Ron and Don. Don came with Ron. He was incredibly well prepared. They were just really impressive. And the things that they outlined that they were, were going to provide their services were, it just made it easy. It was a laydown. As someone who regularly handles multi-million dollar deals, Laura has high standards and expectations, and she says the guys exceeded them. I like to have a fair amount of communication as to what's going on in the market. What are you doing today <laughs> to um, you know, move the sale forward? And they were collaborative. They came forward with some really great ideas, even little details like, could you water the plant while you're there? They're like, uh, of course. And they would show me them watering the plant. <laughs> In no time, they got a deal done. Laura got even more than she hoped for. And she says she couldn't be more impressed with their service, attention to detail and results. They do have a way of making you feel like they're your only client. <laughs> I can't wait to do another deal with them. It was great. It was awesome. You did really well. They're awesome. They are just people you want to hang out with. <laughs> and if you're ready to get more for your door and work with some pretty awesome guys as well, it all starts with a Ron and Don sit down at ronanddon.com. People ask me, how do you put up with these two? My answer, good snacks and video games. Hey, you guys, very exciting. I just want to let you know, uh, I'm still going to be in the real estate business, but I just did get a bing from LinkedIn. Uh, I have been involved in 12 searches this week, and I just got offered a bank teller job. Nice. Yeah. Good thanks. for you. And then they also say uh, top job titles uh, we think you'd be great at. They also say I would be a very good corporate board member. Ron, you know how corporate I am. Yeah. So if I could get a job, if there's anyone out there... If I could get a job at a bank on the board as a corporate board member, and then maybe like once a week on a Saturday, uh, just to give some people some time off, or maybe I'd like to, a lot of these teller windows are closed. I'd like to pop back in one of those. There's and, nothing you like more than being in, in the oh, long, I would long love, meetings. Oh, I love, love, love being a teller, you guys. Long this, corporate meetings. This would be great. It's your favorite be, thing. Just to be able to wear a tie all day. Yeah. Would be fantastic. Anyway, anyway. Uh, speaking of jobs, Deshaun Watson, who just signed, I think the biggest contract any quarterback has ever signed. Guaranteed uh, money. The biggest guarantee, I think it was $230 million. Yeah, and Cleveland such already a had a pretty good quarterback in Baker Mayfield, so they dumped him, got rid of him. Everybody thought he was going to be a Seahawk, but Seahawks are tanking this year. Just so everybody knows, the Seahawks are tanking this year on purpose. It is a rebuild. In fact, every time you look at Pete Carroll, they should pan the television camera down and you'll see all the crescent wrenches on his belt because this is a rebuild, you guys. And they are trying to do what they did back in 2011, 12, 13, 14. If they win four games, I'll be surprised. Yeah, so they, they don't want to win games. They want to move up, and, uh, and, and they, want to, they want to go after their own. They don't have a quarterback right now. So they want to lose games. They want to develop players. The new players have them play a year this year, and then they're going to plug and play a new quarterback next year. And they're going to go see if they can find the next Russell Wilson. So this Deshaun Watson thing is fascinating to me on a lot of different levels. So if you're unfamiliar with the story, Deshaun Watson was a quarterback in Texas. He had 24, I believe, massage therapists come out and say, "Here's Deshaun Watson sexually assaulted me. 
And so the, what he would do is he would find a, a young massage therapist. He would go on Instagram sometimes and just DM people that were in massage schools. That and, and then he would go there. And once he was there, he would basically sexually assault the massage therapist. And if he did, he's doing that in Texas where it's very lenient. If he would have... If he would have done that here in Seattle, he'd be in freaking jail right now. He just just would. He gets released from the team in Texas. Cleveland signs him for the biggest contract we just said. He doesn't get released. That's not true. He's he gets traded or he's yeah they bought him. They traded and he goes up to Cleveland. They had to get they they had to give Texas everything. So here's the thing that's interesting. Get him. There were two grand juries in Texas. There were tons that, of teams that wanted him. that said they were not going to file charges because he had settled with almost all of the women that had made allegations. Because he's obviously he was making four. At the time, he hadn't year. though. At the that's what's crazy. Now he's settled with twenty three of the twenty four. At that time, he hadn't settled with any of them. So that's not. I I'm going to disagree and push back. That's what's so crazy about this story is he hadn't settled with anyone at that time. So the NFL is going, okay, even though there's not this grand jury, we still have a a professional code of conduct uh, that is not, uh, it's not a legal case. So uh, the the NFL is trying since the Ray Rice incident where he knocked his wife out on camera in that elevator. They've been trying to say, the the stance used to be, well, if they get convicted of a crime, we're going to discipline them in the NFL. If they get convicted, like we're not a judge and jury, we're going to wait for the court system to to work itself out. And that let, changed. Let the player continue to play. So that changed after Ray Rice and the guy in Dallas that I forget that had the Harvey. Yeah, Harvey. And so it changed after that. The culture changed. Harvey beat his girlfriend and then he threw on a bunch of guns and right. he said, those are the guns I'm going to murder you with. And so the, the culture changed. And so what the NFL did to do this culture is they said, well, we're going to, we negotiated with the Players Association. We're going to bring in a female ex-judge and, she, and we're going to let her adjudicate this. Because people have been accusing Roger Goodell of being heavy-handed. They've accused him of being self-serving to protect the ownership stake and not represent the players. So they agreed to this new system. This is Which brand is true. New. That's his job. It is his job. Yeah, his, job, his job is to take job. all the bullets, all the arrow, whatever For you want to say, and then get, still get paid. He makes close to $50 million a year. So they that's what they did. They they agreed with the NFL Players Association. So the, so, the, so, the, so the owners can look like good guys in the community. Right. There has to be a bad guy. And they and so Roger Goodell is a paid punching bag by all the owners. So he said, I'm gonna I'm gonna step aside and I'm gonna let someone else that's an actual judge adjudicate this for us, even though it's not a court of law, it's a court of professional conduct. And so uh, in front of a female judge, all of this, and I think being female is playing into the storyline. She heard the case and she said, well, what I've decided is I'm going to do a six game suspension, no financial penalty. And what she cited was very legal. She said, in other words, from her legal background, she's like, there's no precedent for this. You guys have done a horrible job in creating precedent. And because of that reason, I can't jump from what you used to do to now a full season. That's not how you guys have operated in the past. And she's right. They haven't operated that way in the past. And so that's what she came up with. There was immediate backlash of going, this is not enough. We have a lot of female fans. They're not going to abide by this. And so the the next level that came into this is that Roger Goodell, the NFL can now appeal that ruling. And then somehow it became 
the the end result is that he, Roger Goodell, can now adjudicate the appeal, or he can hand it off to a, one of his lieutenants in the NFL. So I think if you uh, you totally undercut this this female judge, you totally undercut her authority, her ability to uh, make good decisions, and her experience as a judge by appealing it. Well, if just because you're, you're, let- you're a judge and you're a female judge doesn't mean you're a good judge. I mean, everything I've heard about her is they chose a really great judge that she she's very experienced and and thoughtful. She she basically pointed out the flaws in the NFL system that they created the rule. If they had had precedent had been tough on other players in the past with game suspensions and fines, then she could have looked at this and said, this is worse than those things. You know I'm going to go further. This, this is this is BS, man. And, and I'm not even joking here. This is where you bring out the big guns and and you sit them down with Dr. Phil and then bam judge Judy decides this that's how it goes what about judge Joe Brown a three hot hot seat I'm hot saying, bench I, I'm not saying no hot not, bench have I, you seen hot bench with the three judges I'm not saying we have no. a three judge panel I'm not saying no. Hot bench. Uh, it's going to be interesting. The hot bench. <laughs> you remember hot bench? So no, the, it was there a hot bench? Hot bench had three judges. Oh, I didn't see the hot bench. Hot, you got to look up hot bench. Was Doug Llewellyn in the courtroom? No, you, it's a three-judge panel on oh, hot bench. Yeah. Uh, so you got to look up hot bench. I think the NFL is going to suspend this. I agree with her every time. Every time I agree. She's great. And, and she makes more money on TV than Oprah could ever hope for. And she just brings the wood. She brings it when you're supposed to. She makes people shut up when I'm about to tell them to shut up, and she tells them to shut up. And then the next thing you know, I've watched two hours of Judge Judy. You got it. You're going to love Hot Bench. And then I pretend like I don't watch it. You're going to love Hot Bench. Uh, I don't know how this ends, but I'm pulling for a full year suspension. It's the most Cleveland Brown thing. Yeah, yeah. supported the judge's decision, and now you're saying. I, I think he should get a full year. But the way they did it is stupid, as the NFL does. Don't even get me started on Dan Snyder. All right, you guys, Ron and Don here with uh, Mitch Not Loans, one of the great advertisers here on the Ron and Don podcast. This is unique. We had a couple listeners that reached out to Ron and said, hey, we'd like uh, you guys to sell our home out here in Snoqualmie. And then we have a couple listeners that listened to this podcast that wanted to buy that home. So our buyers and sellers were part of the Ron and Don Nation. And guess what the buyer did who listens to the podcast? They reached out to you in order to get the financing done. So everybody in this transaction was part of the Ron and Don Nation. That was pretty cool, wasn't it? It was really cool. It was great. Yeah, no, um, I had a client reach out to me and I didn't actually hear at first where where he was calling from. And he said, no, I heard you on the podcast. I'm part of Ron and Don Nation. Let's save some money. And so we worked with him. Um, and then it turned out the house that he fell in love with was a Ron and Don listed home, which was just great. That is super cool. It was a very smooth close as well. Everybody's extremely happy with that deal. So if you listen to this show, the other real estate agent also in the round nation so that was pretty cool go to mitch.loans mitch will do a zoom with you you'll do a phone call talk about your goals whether it's purchasing a new house or a second house a vacation house he's got you covered go to mitch.loans and ask him how do i get that one half percent back uh, towards my deal mitch.loans all right you guys welcome back uh, to the ron and don show i am a huge brad pitt fan uh and i have to say 
I think he's one of those actors that's very good, but I also think that he's the same guy in every movie. Oh, did you see the Quentin Tarantino and Glorious Bastards? Yeah, he's the same guy in that movie. To me, he's just... But he had an accent. Oh, it's the same guy with an accent. Uh, it's the same guy in Fight Club. You don't think the guy in Quentin Tarantino's movies is a... Is a I think he's got some range. Or when he was on with Leonardo DiCaprio. It's, it's the same guy. R- River runs through it. Same guy. He's a guy fishing, though. That was a good movie until the end, and then the end was just ridiculous. Thelma and Louise? So dumb. Same guy. Look out with his shirt off. Anyway, I'm not hating. I love the way he licks his lips. It's kind of sexy. It's pretty sexy when, when you see him do that. I'm trying to lick my lips more. Are you Please doing don't. that? Please don't. You also can tell that he hates when he has a movie out and he has to go out and promote it. You can just tell that he hates it. Yeah. He does not he's like not it. like press. So he's showing up on the red carpet and he's been wearing a skirt as of late on the red carpet. And I think it's because this, this girlfriend that he has, she, believe it or not, she wears pants. And so I think they're kind of switching things up. They're into the arts. He just bought a, like a... I know that that he's mad at Angelina Jolie because she's been really raking him, and then she's he's upset that they bought this vineyard and then she sold her half to someone that hates him, and she did it on purpose, and she was supposed to tell him about it and didn't do it. So now he's stuck with another owner in the vineyard. He's really proud of this vineyard. At the same time, supposedly he's not drinking anymore. So I I don't know. I'm really I'm rooting for him. Uh. And are you basically saying that you are going to start wearing skirts? I think so. Yeah. Like I see him in these dresses and I'm like, man, that's a dress really, or a skirt. That looks it's it's uh it's more like a kilt. He looks free though. He looks cool and free and he's licking his lips and he's standing on the red carpet. I think he's doing it because everybody now talks to him about his skirt and they don't talk to him about Angelina Jolie. So he's like Is it a kilt I, or a skirt? Take a look at it. See what you think. But he's, I, there are, he's I mean, wearing crazy clothes now, and they asked him about it, and he said, you know what? Quote, we're all going to die someday. Might as well wear a skirt? Might as well wear a skirt. And I've never tried it. Yeah. Anyway. Hey, you guys. Reach out to me, Don, at ronadon.com, and uh, we can go look at some houses. Look Who at some knows? fashion. Maybe I'll have my new skirt. I, I had a guy that lived up the street. He just moved to San Francisco. He owned the kilt shop down in uh, Pioneer Square, and then he owned a kilt shop in San Francisco. And I don't know if it survived the whole thing. He was wearing around the neighborhood all the time. And he'd be out, you know, working on the car, mowing the lawn, really trying to get guys to wear the skirt, and no one did it, would do it. I think Brad Pitt's doing the same thing. He said it's going to take about a year, but he said a year from now, you will see the majority of men in America wearing a skirt. Why I'm not? not? I'm not you're, buying you're it. You're going to die soon. Brad Pitt. I think there'll be an Ocean 17. Probably. Yeah. Hey, you guys. Thanks for listening to the Ron and Don Show. We appreciate it. If you need us, man, just reach out, right? Ron at ronanddon.com or Don at ronanddon.com. I'm telling you, this is a great time to be a seller. Yep. Uh, it's a great time to be a buyer. We will get you sorted, get a game plan, and uh, get a really good result for you. it's a great time for a guy to wear a dress. Why not? That's a pregnant pause. It's uncomfortable for you right now. It's a little uncomfortable for Ron, but not for Charlie. He just passed some gas, and we're just enjoying it. Thank you, Charlie. All right, you guys. We learned that in broadcast school. Never went to broadcast school. Head up, shoulders back. We'll see you next time. Okay, on the Ron and Don Radio Network. The Rapper.
Now keep your head up and your shoulders back. And keep blowing that trumpet, and we'll see you next time. Only! 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 On the Ron Don Radio Network.